you are at Founders FAQ, answers to all the possible questions of a founder. There's so many stories that, you know, co-founders don't get along well, the companies fail because of those issues. Again, I think the most important thing is to trust or co-founding team trust each other, work with each other very productively. And even if we have some disagreements on certain basis, we always come together and talk about the issues and come up with solutions uh, that are best uh, for the future of the company. Welcome to Founders of AQ. Today, my guest is Cenk Sidar. Cenk is co-founder and CEO of Global Vox, a technology-enabled marketplace that connects private and public enterprises with experts who understand the world. Cenk is also a global risk expert with a vast experience of assisting top financial institutions, multinational corporations, risk management firms, and legal firms operating in high-risk regions. Hi, Jing. Welcome to Founders of Egypt. Hi, thanks, Iker. It's great to be here. I, I have a lot of questions for you, but at first place, I would like to know your story. How do you start uh, Global Bonds and how is your story till, till today? Sure. So I, I used to run a political risk advisory firm in D.C. for about 10 years. So my background comes from traditional consulting. So I was in the business of selling knowledge and insights for about 10 years. So basically, I was looking ways to make it much more convenient for the client and cost efficient for the client. So how we can make it, you know, make more sense connecting the experts directly with the clients for geopolitical or business or policy or security issues. So I came up with the idea of building a marketplace designed around getting insights on a real-time basis. I get it. And in the very early days of Global Bonds, the most of the entrepreneurs struggling with product market. How did you deal with product market before scaling? We have 25,000 people globally, part of our network, and they have a unique product called Network Pulse. So as you know, there are many marketplaces built around expertise and knowledge in the world. But Global Wongs launched a unique product called Network Pulse that is based on receiving real-time insights using or uh, proprietary technology, algorithm application. So that was something new in the market. So even though there were some Q&A tools in the internet space, like you know Quora or Yahoo Answers in the past, so basically, we created an application for the business role that you could ask any question uh, on the map basis and get uh, real-time answers from the top experts in the field of your question was something new. And of course, it took some time for us uh, to test the product and uh, you know the perfect algorithm and make sure the clients know how to use it and you know they show the value add of the product. But now we are in the process that we're running hundreds of questions on a monthly basis and the clients love it because it's, it's a great example of micro consulting. But the most important thing is the, the global climate was in line with, with our product and the need for such product increased last 10 years at least, uh, if not last 12 months. Because what's happening now is the the world changing so fast. So many new intelligence threats have been surfacing, and you know, so no one no one was ready for the pandemic, right? So when the pandemic hit the world, they needed expertise 
how to deal with those issues, you know, the workspace and the, you know, the vaccination policy or how to protect your employees to travel, you know, the travel, all these aspects of uh, a crisis like pandemic requires like a granular, speedy and cost efficient uh, expertise. You can't always go and hire a full-time medical doctor for your company, but if there are hundreds of medical doctors like Global Wongs has in his portfolio, you can ask, you know, specific questions to or network and get responses on your app within, you know, 30 minutes is revolutionary. So I knew there was interest for such a product for the market. But the global conditions, you know, recently made it even much more interesting and the industry was much more welcoming to such agile knowledge gathering product. I get it. And how, how did COVID process affect your scale? Because I think in every, every company is getting remote and uh, everyone is accessible right now. And how does that affect your growth? So, I mean, as you know, we're a global marketplace. We're the supply side and the demand side, right? So we have 25,000 experts. So we used to have 5,000 experts before the pandemic started. We grew significantly last year because I think the supply side or expert network, the people who have certain knowledge and expertise got used to the idea of working home, creating multiple streams of revenues, working with multiple companies rather than just working for one company, you know, even just for the revenue security as well. I mean, job security is one thing, revenue security is the other. So we were able to attract high quality experts from all over the world last 12 months because because of the changing dynamics in the workspace. But from the demand side, the companies who use our platform, we work with almost half of the Fortune 100 companies, and they realize now it's not always easy to send in-house teams to certain markets to do the, you know, the investment analysis or the market outlook preparation or, you know, you can't send a security teams like to a certain area if your leadership will be visiting soon. So you need to engage remote experts and knowledge holders for, for, your, for your intelligence needs. So the companies, also the 1,400 companies and also private equities, hedge funds, venture capital firms, love the idea engaging on-demand high-value experts. And again, you know, look, this is not a new phenomenon. Like people have been using Upwork, Fiverr, like similar, you know, like a marketplace, marketplaces for such on-demand needs. But the difference is people are not used to engage McKinsey, EY, you know, BCG type consultants for such on-demand needs. And it's not always the matching the expert, right? Many there are many other networks, expert networks like the larger firms, like great firms like JLG, Alpha Size, whatever. But they don't provide you fully automated engagements or platform when you sign in uh, as a client. You basically can engage, ask questions within the platform. You need zero human touch to ask a question, to schedule or order a report. Basically, that phenomena is new that you can engage top MBA grads within minutes using your web app or mobile app using GlobalOnce.com. 
And you have a two-sided market. You're closing the experts and you're closing the companies. And I think you need a really A-plus people to do that. And it's, it's a really challenge for founders to set up a really A-plus people team, scale the company. And how did you do that? How do you get your A-plus team and together and scale the company in both like closing those experts and closing those enterprises? Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, we are very like, we have... You know, we have a team that focuses on uh, scale in the platform. But the beauty about our platform is we are fully automated, right? We don't need so many people for the account management or client uh, success. We have about 30 people that full-time. They are mostly focused on building the platform, but also onboarding clients and experts. So, of course, like creating a, a team is always challenging. But I was lucky I have great co-founders that coming from the industry. So our network, our personal networks help to build the global network in the early days. But now, I mean, as I mentioned, like, you know, it is totally global and grows itself. But, you know, we hire, you know, great technologists and um, engineers and especially people that focus on our algorithm and, you know, the machine learning functions that we're building. and. And again, we're making a lot of work. We're moving from a marketplace company to SaaS company within the next year. So we're making a lot of exciting uh, progress in different areas. So we need it. We always need, you know, like an A-level team, as you mentioned. And since we are building something very exciting and revolutionary in the industry, I think people love working for us. We're getting a lot of interest. And hopefully we will be attracting, you know, we will continue to attract certain people in the in the industry. I get it. And on your next plans for the fundraising, do you have any plans for the, for the fundraising? Because the market is pretty hot for the last eight, nine months, the VC market. So do you have any plans for the fundraising? Yeah. So last year, we finalized our seed grant. We raised about $3.2 million. So we are planning our Series A this year. So we have a significant increase in our revenues from the private sector. And also we are, yeah, we start talking to public sector for certain features, especially for the SaaS solutions. I expect uh, continue, like continuing or significant growth in our revenues and our uh, the client portfolio next uh, few quarters. So we are playing Series A, and I think we will be finalizing it this year. I get it. And for, for founders who just want to set up their companies in the U.S. and scale in the U.S., what do you suggest for them? Because like four years ago, while I was living in SF, you have to set up all your team in SF and grow in SF. But right now it's all remote and say you're, you're closing your enterprises. And for founders, what do you suggest for them to scale in the remote era? Look, I think it's a great question. Pandemic, you know, like basically creating a friendly environment for growth for our marketplace because of the reasons I mentioned earlier. But at the final stage, we're still a B2B, a B2B company. So we need to reach out decision makers within the large organizations. And a pandemic created a lot of uncertainties for large companies. There were a lot of budget cuts. There were a lot of measures, you know, in regard to onboarding new vendors. So even though the need is obviously there, you need to work harder to convince you know, large organizations to onboard uh, new vendors. So this is definitely challenging, but I, I think again, I mean this, because also like people are not at the office, like the cold calling doesn't work anymore. We 
totally change or sales team like from cold calling to you know warm intros because like i mean i don't think that's proper to call people at their cell phones when they're not at the offices right so we had to let our one of our vendors that helping us with the cold calling go because there was basically almost no success on that front but engaging all relationships with large organizations and it's clear there's a clear interest that we are basically helping them to cut their cost and provide faster and more, you know, cost-efficient alternative definitely helps. But I think we have a unique uh, position here because, uh, you know, we're also helping companies to cut their costs and, you know, bring faster and higher quality insights. But for some other companies, I, I'm sure it's been challenging to manage the sales process um, but I think one thing the pandemic uh, taught us is the companies have been, even if you are like a large corporation uh, with thousands of employees and knowledge workers, it's almost impossible to know who knows what. And you can't even identify internal expertise between your company before you even decide to engage outside consultants or experts using expert networks or marketplaces like us. So... Now we're basically building our uh, SaaS product called Santor, which will be helping a lot of remote organizations to identify expertise within their own organizations and ask questions internally using our algorithm. will be a game changer. And we're starting a pilot project with a big four company soon. I'm very excited about that. And so, again, I think my, my two cents on that is, if there is an interest for the, for, for the company and if you are like, you know, solving a problem for them and obviously the problem is to getting like high quality intelligence on an efficient manner, you always find ways to work with those uh, large enterprises and find ways to convince decision makers at these organizations to try your platform or technology or solution, whatever it is. And as a founder, what do you think for the top skills of a founder? Because as a founder, you need to sell the vision to team members, to the, your investors, to the partnerships, and those all the people you have to sell. And what do you think? What are the top skills of a founder? Because it's a like up and down journey. It's hard and people should know this. No, and a great question. So I think being founder or, you know, like early stage company CEO requires holistic uh, set of skills. I mean, I'm involved in every aspect of the business. I mean, our team has been growing. So we have, you know, 30 people, including our developers in different locations. But being a founder requires a agility. I mean, you need to basically prepare for the worst while hoping for the best. Three years is, you know, I've been running the company about and a half years now um, and I'm lucky to have a great team and keep the, the team members supporting me in every manner so I, we have great verticals covering different areas and also one addition is I think I know that you talked to a lot of marketplaces in the past but running a marketplace I'm always joking to my uh, friends and team members like we are not running one company we're not product driven company we're a marketplace so it's almost like we run, I feel like sometimes I manage two companies at the same time because at the supply side, I mean, basically you're selling uh, your platform to uh, experts. So experts sign up, you're recruiting a bunch of experts. If there's a demand side, you need to sell your company, the solution to companies. And the most important, you have the platform that enables the both sides, right? You need to build the platform. 
So that requires whole different skill set, and you know, no one will have you know great grasp of all these three areas. You know, like people would live say they know the expert side, they know the client side, and you know the technology side. Basically, in my case, I was lucky to have great leaders in my company to manage those three areas. So I was able to focus on um, setting the vision, onboarding new investors, talking to new investors, like coming up with new derivative products of our core product, Network Pulse. So, and I'm also lucky that our main product, Network Pulse, the Q&A tool that you ask questions and getting responses real-time basis, is such a rich source for potential derivative products. So now we are integrating that solution to too many products, so, so many products that we will be basically monetizing different, you know, ways. So I think number one, number one lesson uh, that I derived from last three years is the team. You need to build a superb team to succeed because the today's business world and today's startups and enterprises are so complex that it's almost impossible to one person to grasp all the details and be on top of all these different aspects. You need people that you trust to their personalities, but also, of course, their like skill set. So you take the company uh, from point A to point B. And what do you think for uh, the solo solo founder versus group of founders? And you have co-founders. And how did you p- uh, pick up the right co-founder? Because I think it's more than a marriage, and it's kind of it's kind of long journey the startup. And your co-founder is is a, your soulmate. So what do you think about it? So basically, I have two other co-founders, Bilal Baluch, who is our chief operating officer, and Fatih Orhan, who is our chief administrative officer. So I'm lucky to have them both because, again, running a marketplace requires a lot of work. So Bilal is basically in charge of our marketplace operations and sales, and Fatih is in charge of our technology and platform development. So we have a great uh, division of work among three of us. We trust each other. I know Fatih for a long time. We've been friends over 10 years. And Bilal and I worked together the last seven, eight years at Johns Hopkins University. They have different backgrounds. Bilal comes from a very uh, rich academic background, that uh, PhD from Oxford, that he taught at Wharton. And Fatih comes from running day-to-day operations of very important organizations in D.C., and also he has a great understanding. He's an engineer and also he has a great understanding of project management and software development. So, and I'm in the business side. I think we cover the business academic and the technology side altogether. And again, I agree with you. There's so many stories that, you know, co-founders don't get along well. The companies fail because of those issues. Again, I think the most important thing is to trust or co-founding team trust each other work with each other very productively. And even if we have some disagreements on certain basis, we always come together and talk about the issues and come up with solutions uh, that are best uh, for the future of the company. I get it. I get it. Perfect. And and lastly, do you have any message for, for the listeners? Because our listeners from from people working in startups and enterprises, most experts. So and lastly, do we have any message for them? I think my message would be the general one. I think we live in a very interesting times. Lenin has a very interesting world. He said, he once said, there are decades, nothing happens, and there are days, decades happen. So last 
12 months, decades happen, the whole world change. Now we live in a fully digitalized world. Digital transformation is again the top issue for large enterprises. And we're lucky to be at the center of it. And we're lucky as global ones to be solving a major problem that many large enterprises have it. But my suggestion for any startup or the founder or the you know the you know future founder is find a like a problem that exists in a new digitalized world and try to solve and come up with a solution and make sure test that idea with multiple people in industry and do a lot of due diligence before starting because unfortunately this is a very tough tough times to start a business run business but most important to grow the business so a lot of due diligence required so i would suggest to anyone to start a business or running a business at today's age to understand the new dynamics of the post-pandemic world. Perfect. Cenk, these are all my questions. Thank you for coming to Founders of AQ. Thank you. It was a pleasure. By the way, Founders FAQ is in pre-order and it covers the answers to all the possible questions of a founder in a startup journey, whether revealing life-saving principles for the startup survival path, building A-plus teams, creating an evolving machine, setting up a need culture, or interpreting the true path for the fundraising. You can pre-order it from foundersfaq.com and you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook.